And I'm Megan, and this is Runner Girls, a podcast about women brought together by a love of running. Yes, and you got it right this time. (laughs) But that's because you have an outline in front of you instead of just winging it like we did before. (laughs) Yes. So, hey, it's been a little while. How's everything going? Good. We're in the swing of summer. I've been, uh, just got back about a week ago from a week at the beach with family, and that was really fun. Nice. It was really hot last week, too, wasn't it? Yeah. Out at the beach, it's actually cooler around here, which is really weird to me, but it's more humid. Mm-hmm. So I trade off about five degrees for higher humidity. So I don't know which I preferred. <laughs> <laughs> I prefer warmer with less humidity, but maybe that's because I'm just always cold. <laughs> yes, I think I prefer warmer with less humidity, definitely for running and stuff too. So, Oh, and I hear you got some visitors this week. I do. My niece and nephew are here hanging out. So I've spent, I think I woke up at nine with her, which is far cry from the six she was up at. And um, we've been hanging out and doing, I don't know what two-year-olds do. <laughs> random things. Yes, they're very random. Wow. I have like the opposite going on here because Ethan is gone for the week. Um, he went up to his cousin's house. And then um, Anna's here, but she's just kind of lounging around and she's going to be going up there actually in a few days as well. She hung out here a little longer because tomorrow is her anniversary with her boyfriend. So she didn't want to miss that. Um, So yeah, it's weird. (laughs) But it's it's been pretty quiet and Jeff and I are going to have the rest of the week to ourselves once she goes up there. And um, well, Paul will be here. His father is still staying with us. So but it'll be quiet, which will be nice. Yeah. 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 And good news, my feet are getting a lot better. So my left foot doesn't hurt anymore at all. It, I haven't had any like any problems with my left foot in well over a month now. So that one's like completely good. My right foot still has like twinges here and there, um, but it's getting better. And I've been like really babying it, you know, not putting any extra weight on it, not doing little runs any at all so I'm just like come on heal up because I really want to get running again I miss running um and I also want to lift heavy again also I feel like I'm not getting anywhere with anything and it's frustrating but it's getting better which is the good news and yeah other than that I've just been watching a lot of Big Brother which is back which is my summer guilty pleasure TV watching do you watch Big Brother at all Megan I do not you don't. Okay. Well, if any listeners are interested in Big Brother and want to talk about it with me, we could like do a podcast because I have so much I want to talk about as far as Big Brother goes. And I feel like you're going to have no interest in hearing any of it. So, uh, so yeah, L- listeners who like Big Brother, hit me up and let me know. Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, we are, well, recording again, which is great. Always nice to catch up. But um, we got a lot of good feedback on the last couple of episodes. And so um, today we're going to go a little deeper on some of the hormone stuff. I know I mentioned some of the different hormones um, on one of the last episodes. And so I thought we could really talk about a lot of the major ones and and their different functions and then later get into some of um, how our lives affect our hormones and how that affects us, which I think is super interesting. So, does that sound good to you, Megan? 
Yeah, it sounds great. All right. So for today's show, we're just going to talk about what some of the major hormones are, like I said, and some of their functions. And I'm going to start off with cortisol. And cortisol is a stress hormone that controls your mood, your motivation, and your fear. It's known for your body's fight or flight response. And it also affects how your body metabolizes food and keeps inflammation down, regulates blood pressure, and controls your body's sleeping and waking cycles, um, and can also boost your energy. So if you do are having that fight-or-flight response, you'll notice that you suddenly have a boost of energy. Um, it can shut down bodily functions that aren't necessary when your body is having a crisis of some kind. So like um, if your energy supply is chronically low, it can contribute to shutting down menstruation, for example. Um, having too much cortisol in your body for too long can have some serious negative effects on the body like anxiety, depression, memory problems, trouble sleeping, and weight gain. So the next hormone is adrenaline. Adrenaline is another stress hormone that's secreted in times of crisis. So in response to a threat, adrenaline stimulates the heart to beat faster and harder, increases your alertness, increases blood flow to the muscles, and decreases the pain response. So excessively high levels of adrenaline due to stress without actual threat of danger can cause heart damage, insomnia, and a jittery nervous feeling. Yeah, doesn't sound like too much of that is a good thing. No. <laughs> All right. One that I think us women should be fairly familiar with is estrogen. It is the primary female sex hormone. It is responsible for the development and regulation of the female reproductive system and secondary sex characteristics. Estrogen also affects metabolism, hunger, and fat storage, which is why changes in estrogen throughout the menstrual cycle can affect your, your hunger, your food intake, and weight gain. Estrogen blunts hunger, so you may feel less hungry at times in your cycle when estrogen is high, like the week before ovulation. It also plays a role in bone formation and muscle protein synthesis. The next hormone is progesterone which is another female sex hormone that's involved with ovulation and pregnancy. And I know it's in a lot of the birth control medicines too. Yeah. It also affects metabolism, skin health, mood, bone strength, body temperature, inflammation, and immune response. Progesterone can have a dramatic effect on mood. When progesterone levels drop before the start of the next menstrual cycle, that is when many women experience sharp changes in mood and heightened irritability, one known characteristic of PMS. Progesterone increases hunger, Watch out for hunger when progesterone peaks the week after ovulation. Huh. Yeah, I've noticed that I'm more susceptible to this, especially since um, I've recently gone off my, well, recently, as in like a year ago, went off my birth control. And um, I never, I, for a long time when I was on birth control, I didn't have real obvious mood changes. But now that I'm off of it, I'm like, all of a sudden, I'm a mood demon <laughs> the, the days before my period starts, like. I went into work one day last week and my computer wasn't working and I was almost in tears over it. <laughs> like that's how strong and I, I'm not, I don't get upset easily. It, it takes a lot normally. Um, so yeah, it's kind of crazy how strong hormones can affect us like that. 
the next hormone is another sex hormone called testosterone, and that is the main male sex hormone, but it is also present in women. It is an anabolic steroid, which means it promotes muscle growth. Testosterone usually stays pretty low in women, but we do get a small surge in testosterone around the middle of our cycle. Testosterone enhances libido, so that is something else that you might notice in the days around ovulation. Hmm. The next hormone is growth hormone, which stimulates growth, cell reproduction, and cell regeneration in humans. Because of its ability to promote muscle growth and fat loss, it is used exogenously by bodybuilders. What does it mean to be used exogenously? So exogenously means outside of the body. So we have endogenous hormones, which are actually um, within us that we make naturally. And exogenous means um, we take them from outside sources. So this is kind of like a steroid, like the. Yes, Ooh, okay. exactly. It's it's um, it promotes growth, so it's an anabolic steroid. Okay, so because of its ability to promote muscle growth and fat loss, it is used exogenously by bodybuilders. But it is a hormone that all humans produce naturally. Growth hormone is secreted in pulses throughout the day, with a big surge of it coming just before you wake up in the morning. Fasting and vigorous exercise both increase growth hormone while eating food decreases it. Huh. So is that why they say to like do stuff fasted sometimes? Yeah. So that's actually why um, like the lean gains protocol, for example, will have you exercising fasted and then eating after your workout. So you're really capitalizing on your boosted growth hormone. And then once you eat, you're going to go into that anabolic state where you're promoting the, the muscle growth. It's really interesting. Next hormone is, uh, let me see if I can pronounce this correctly, erythropoietin, I believe, and that is also known as EPO. It is an essential hormone for red blood cell production and has been shown to dramatically improve athletic cardiovascular performance. EPO doping has been used by some endurance athletes to boost performance illegally, but training at altitude can have similar effects on the body because the lower oxygen levels at altitude can boost your natural EPO and your red blood cell production. The next hormone is insulin which regulates your blood sugar levels. When you eat food, insulin is secreted to promote the storage of glucose in your liver, muscles, and fat. The glucose goes to the liver first and is stored as glycogen, and once that's filled, goes to the muscles and again stored as glycogen. Any remaining glucose is stored in the fat cells as fat. Carbohydrates, protein, and fat all raise insulin levels in the blood, but to varying degrees. Carbohydrates increase insulin the most, and fat increases insulin the least. Yeah, this is really interesting because there are also within each of those macronutrients varying degrees of how insulin responds. So if you're eating a complex carbohydrate, you're going to have a slower, more gradual insulin response than if you're eating something refined like pure sugar, for example. Um, And then if you're combining a source of carbohydrate with like, say, example, a source of fat, that's also going to slow down the insulin response because it's going to take longer to digest it because of the amount of uh, energy in the fat, which I think is really interesting. All right, the next hormone is glucagon. This is called the fat-burning hormone. It's basically the opposite of insulin. So when insulin levels are low, glucagon increases, and stored energy in the form of fat and glycogen um, is then used to fuel the body because there's no 
food in the stomach. Fasting increases glucagon and eating suppresses it. You can't burn your fat for fuel if your insulin is always high, which is why people who are insulin resistant, like those with diabetes, have a hard time losing body fat. Ooh. Yeah. Ghrelin is the hunger hormone because of its role in the regulation of appetite. When ghrelin is high, appetite increases, as does food intake. Yes, your appetite increases. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so this actually, can, you know, is the thing that makes you have that hunger feeling when there's no food in your stomach and ghrelin comes out and is like, hey, it's time to eat now. Do it. <laughs> um, the opposite hormone of that is called leptin. It's known as the satiety hormone. Uh, when ghrelin is high, your leptin is low and vice versa. So... When your leptin increases, the desire to eat goes down. People who are leptin resistant, they're usually um, obese people, would are more likely to be leptin resistant. Um, they have a difficult time feeling full or satisfied after eating, despite having high levels of leptin. Um, I feel like I've had degrees of leptin resistance in the past because I know I've gone through periods where I just don't feel full no matter how much I eat. And that has often led to me like eating like well beyond past the point of like comfortable fullness. And I I just I've fortunately I've gotten better because I think I mentioned on the last episode I was going to try to do some more like intuitive style eating but keeping it keto and that's actually working really well for me now. I don't feel hungry most of the time and I feel more satisfied in like I'll eat something and not just not have the desire to keep eating that I used to have which is so much better yay (laughs) Yay, yes so what's the next hormone the next hormone is melatonin which is a hormone that regulates sleep and wakefulness Melatonin is involved in the synchronization of the circadian rhythms, including sleep-wake timing, blood pressure regulation, and seasonal reproduction, known as the hormone of darkness. Ooh. Spooky. (laughs) Right? The onset of melatonin at dusk promotes activity in nocturnal, night-active animals, and sleep and diurnal ones, including humans. This is why it's recommended to sleep in a darkened room. The absence of light helps promote release of melatonin. During the night, melatonin regulates leptin, lowering its levels. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, the things that we do, like, you know, just closing the curtains and sleeping in a darkened room will affect our sleepiness. You know, it affects the hormones in our body. How do they know? (laughs) I don't know. It just boggles my mind. Um, And then the last one that we're going to talk about today is vitamin D. So vitamin D is known as a vitamin, but it actually acts as a hormone in the body. It's a hormone that the kidneys produce that controls blood calcium concentration and it impacts the immune system. So only a few foods actually contain vitamin D, such as mushrooms, egg yolk, fatty fish. Also, milk can be fortified with vitamin D. Uh, But the major natural source of the vitamin is synthesis of cholecalciferol in the skin from cholesterol through a chemical reaction that's dependent on sun exposure. Synthesis of vitamin D in nature is dependent on the presence of UV radiation and subsequent activation in the liver and in the kidney. Vitamin D has a significant role in calcium 
homeostasis in metabolism. It's necessary for bone mineralization, which should be important to any athlete because you can't perform with a broken bone. Additionally, vitamin D has also been shown to enhance muscle synthesis, as we mentioned on one of the last episodes. So um, there are quite a few more hormones that we have in the body. We have peptide hormones. We have um, other uh, more specific sex hormones. And um, there's a lot that goes into what, you know, what each hormone does and how it affects the body and how it interacts with other hormones that is just like way over my head. So this is a really (laughs) major simplification of some of the, the major ones that we hear about. But just to give you an idea of like, what they are, what each one does. And um, next week, we're going to go into a little more depth and detail on how lifestyle factors like sleep, nutrition, and exercise affect our hormones. So I think it's really interesting stuff. And I'm, you know, researching all this, like I was putting the show notes together yesterday, because we are originally going to record yesterday. And I was just like, whoa, I am way in over my head on this stuff like I need more time to come up with all of the material and the sources so um so yeah we'll go into some more detail and as always I'm going to put links to all of my resources in the show notes so you can go and you know check out you know where we're getting the information from but also you can learn more about it if you're interested so yeah so that's it for um hormones for this week and holy cow we just like zoomed through all of that so do you want to talk about anything else before we end the show tonight well i didn't talk about it at the beginning because i didn't think about it but marathon training started this week holy cow i forgot to ask if you've been running (laughs) (laughs) holy slacking off sue sorry so tell me have you been running I have. Um, the Saturday before vacation, I had not run in a while, and I ran out, went out and ran a 10K. I ran walked it, to be honest. Yeah. But I did a 10K. Yay! It was like the longest I've run in a long time. So you did like a race, 10K race? No, it was a part of the Run the Borough group runs. Yeah. So um, it was just a route that was set up that had water provided on the course and people. So it was all the benefits of a race without having to pay for one. Right. Nice. So, and the road wasn't closed. That too. So. so it's been a while since we, I want to hear all about all the details. Was it hot? Like, how did it go? How'd you oh feel? Oh my gosh. It was so hot. It was <laughs> unbearably hot almost. And it was humid and I was tired and I ran. I stuck with a girl who's doing four run, one walk. And I did that with her. So and it was four, very nice. Four minutes running and one minute walking. Yep. Okay. Just because I knew going out there and trying to do six miles when I'd barely been running one was going to be um, Tough. awful. Yeah. Especially yeah. in the heat. Yes. So I was like, okay, but I want to do it. So I'm going to do it. And I drank Gatorade and dumped water on my head. Nice. Um, and the route was only six miles, but we knew, I was like, if we get to six miles, we're finishing to do 6.2. Nice. I don't care. So I have a 10K. (laughs) So we ran a little bit extra to get the 10K, and um, I was so hot afterwards. I was sweating, and I just sat there for a while, and I was like, oh my gosh, I need to cool down. I ate a banana and tried some citrus, orange water. I don't really know, but it was good. Good. And I had a freezy pop. Nice. <laughs> that was really good. 
And then I was sore, could barely walk upstairs for like the next two days. Wow. <laughs> Three days. Like it was, I was like, oh yeah, this is what long runs feel like. I forgot about this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that was nice. And then I took the week of vacation off. I brought all my running stuff. I had amazing plans. And then it was just really humid and I was hanging out with family. Yeah. And so I didn't stress about it. And um, I've only missed one run so far this week, which was a short two-miler. And just because scheduling, coming back from break and everything from vacation, it was kind of a hot mess. So I'm going to add it in. But my long run today is supposed to be only three miles. So I'll just add the two on there. Nice. It's Isn't it nice at the beginning of a training plan when your long run is, long run is three miles? Because at this yeah. point now it's like, oh, three miles, no problem. <laughs> yeah. And I'm following the Hanson's Just Finish plan. Oh, really? So it's like a pre-beginner plan. Yeah. Interesting. So I'll get up to six mile, or six days a week of running Yeah, and top out at 47 miles. But wow. that's not until September. Yeah, that's a lot for you. Yeah, but they're all easy runs, which is why I was like, okay, there's no um, speed work. There's no hill work. It's just easy runs or long runs. Nice. And I was like, okay, I can, even if it's six days a week, I can do that. And it eases me into the six days a week because it starts me out with like four and then it goes to five and then it goes to six. Right. Just as long as when you are like getting into that peak mileage, you are treating them like easy runs and not pushing really hard or like, you know, it's, and it's so easy to lose yourself in a run and to start pushing, you know, Hanson's uh-huh. is very specific about how easy you need to run them too. So, yes. And I've been running my easy, easy because of the heat yeah. for sure. Like I, 12, 15, when I did my three miles mm. on Wednesday, I did it at like a 12, 17 pace and walked for a bit in the middle. Yeah. I always feel like when I'm starting a training plan, especially if I haven't run in a while, that the easy runs never feel easy at first for me anyway no they are not but I haven't been like and I'm not going in with time goals for this marathon so I'm not really worried about time and Mm -hmm. how long it takes me to do anything that's why I went with this plan because I don't want to be focusing on paces or anything right I'm just gonna go by feel nice that's so awesome I'm so happy to hear that you're running again even if I can't be doing it with you I'm excited that at least you are and you know It took a while this time. Normally, if I stop running, then you start running right away and you're getting runs in all the time. Um, But uh, it took a little while this time around. But you're you're getting out there and and I'm going to sit here and be jealous of you like I do when you do that. (laughs) (laughs) So that's awesome. I'm so happy for you and um, excited that you're marathon training again. Good job staying cool during your, your 10K and hopefully you can have some somewhat cooler summer weather for your for your upcoming training runs. Yeah, as we get into the hottest months in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, great stuff. I can't believe I forgot to ask you about running at the start of the show. I don't know what I was thinking. Clearly, I haven't been thinking about running. It slipped my mind, but I will do better next time. So I know this is a little bit of a brief episode, but we will be back in a couple weeks with another episode. We will continue our discussion on hormones. All right. We'll see you next time. Bye, y'all. 
If you want to share anything, comments, questions, or your runs, you can email us at runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast. Tweet to us at runnergirlsshow. Tag us on Instagram at runnergirlspodcast or call the hotline at 207-200-3297. Download episodes at runnergirlspodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run.